Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. Right, good to be with you into the 9 o'clock hour. Payne and Pendergast. We will be live at spring training starting on Monday. Can't wait. Pending, pending my negotiation of my per diem. Are you still in negotiations? Yeah, yeah. we'll see. I, I requested a thousand dollar a day per diem, and okay. they balked. Okay. Well, and I said, "Hey, there's new balk rules this year. Maybe you didn't read. <laughs> no balking. That's right. I, get to, I just get to go to first base with a thousand dollars in my pocket. Uh, so we'll I'm going to do. I'm going to throw a fit at the airport as I as as I refuse to get on this Southwest flight unless I get a ridiculous per diem. <laughs> All the Southwest staff is just looking at you like, what? What is he talking about? Um, so we'll be there courtesy of Shoppa's John Deere. We're getting su- suggestions Ooh, suggestions to the uh, trailer wheel and frame text page on things Dusty should add to his ensemble. Um, <laughs> they like the propeller on top of the hat idea. Um, the... Uh, <laughs> There's one that says true old school church shoes with white socks. Uh, for <laughs> Dusty. Yeah, that's cool. So just, just, not even any of course I was about to say nothing related to actual baseball, but a lot of his other stuff isn't related to like black latex gloves are not related to baseball. Right, too thick. Um, <laughs> yeah. Toothpick in his mouth. That's actually dangerous. That's, that's I know. <laughs> Toothpick, wristbands. Brisket gloves. We're asking you, what does he need to add? He needs to add a gimmick each year. What is he adding this year? Uh, so I like the old school church shoes with the white. Side. Okay, seven seven four five. Dusty should rock a Raleigh fingers mustache. Oh God, a handlebar mustache for Dusty. Yeah, that would be. Um, that would be strong. I could just he. Uh, yeah, I wonder. Is it harder for older men to wear to, to grow facial hair after a, a while or not? I mean, so I know some old men have magnificent beards, but I guess it's probably, yeah, that's not normal, right, to lose facial hair. Yeah, like no, that. I don't think so. I think he'd be okay there. Um, I'm just, but he doesn't have a mustache. A mustache. He doesn't have a mustache typically. No, nope, he doesn't. Um, yeah, so- you know what? No, there's some pictures of him with one, well, some without. Okay. And, uh, but yeah, so but no, but uh, usually when he does have a mustache, it's pretty well groomed, like thin. Yeah, um, yeah, thin. So that would be uh, that would take some work for him to it do. It would. It would, but it'd be a, it'd be a cool gimmick. Um, uh, nine seven seven three eye black would be pretty cool. Ooh, he would one. get into that actually. He would because he seems to uh, like that. That's one. The wristbands are one where you can tell like he still is kind of thirsty to get like out on the field and play from time to time. The eye black he does that too. He's got those gold frame glasses that he wears sometimes, right? Yeah. Or am yep. I imagining that because I want him to? I'm him picturing to him like with that. those, but it may be because you suggested it just now. Yeah. Um, so I like that. Uh, someone says, uh, let's see, uh, 2400, Dusty should get a big wrap chain with a World Series trophy pendant. Oh, that would be good. That would be Yeah, really just cool. a big old chain. But I don't know if I like it. Like, he is, like, he's not elderly, <laughs> but he's getting up there. <laughs> like, I don't, it needs to be maybe a. A little bit of a costume jewelry. I don't need it to be like a super heavy chain around his neck. He needs a grill. That's what he a needs. Gr- oh, Paul Wall Paul needs to Wall get with grill. Dusty Baker. Yes, Paul Wall, if you're listening, you need to get with Dusty Baker and get him a grill for this season. That's Has a gimmick. Paul Wall ever branched out into other parts of the body? Like prosthetics. That's or something. a good question. Like he a is... Paul Wall prosthetic would be. I feel like you could sell more, you know, diamonds per square inch. Obviously, yeah. on a prosthetic. Yeah, that's, that's true. Um, he is quite the entrepreneur. I know that. I'm. I'm not yeah. sure though. I mean, the grills are the. That's the. 
That's the big we, business he's got. We'll probably get him in the pregame again this year. For sure. That was kind of yeah. a theme last year. We had a, we had a Houston rapper just about every other show in the pregame last year, so yep. we'll probably get him. So let's uh, – hey, Ben, put that in the book of business ideas in the Paul Wall chapter. Yes, the Paul Wall. Because I've never presented him with my, uh, my various business ideas. That's right. Um, we better get him. He was in our – the picture that Amy and I took with him at the pregame last year was our Christmas card this year. So we need to – I don't know if he knows that, but we need to reprise our Christmas card again. He wrote me, an original and our, song for Me, Amy, the, and our he, nephew, Paul. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, oh, he was in your... Oh, we used the picture. Right. We used yeah. the picture that... Amy and I took a picture with him at the pregame show, and we used it as yeah. our Christmas card this year. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It did, You know what? It didn't register until just now that you didn't send me a Christmas card. I sent you a Christmas so, I know, card. I'm just joking. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, or maybe you should put Bun B on it next year. Uh, maybe I will. Maybe, maybe we'll do a, a Houston somebody, rap yeah. artist montage, uh, you know, take it to the next level kind of thing. Um, I do like those. I do get I feel like I get a little bit of a Houston history. Every time we have one of those guys on, I kind of, I try to listen to their music like that whole week and everything. Yeah. And you end, up, you end up going down rabbit holes on the internet about the history. It of was it. fun. Then, yeah. They were all, they were great. Trey, the truth was really good with us this year. Um, that was, that was a lot of fun. The only thing I don't like about those guys as they're, you know, now, you know, mature, more mature than they used to be. Uh, not as many juicy rivalries. Well, uh, well, actually, I take that back. Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. Yeah. Like a week after Trey the Truth <laughs> yeah. was on. No, I said nothing. Let's go. Yeah. Move on. Uh, all right, let's keep it moving. Um, Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson, his contract is a big problem right now. And if we assess any sort of blame that Deshaun Watson wound up eventually with the Browns on a $230 million fully guaranteed deal we assess any of that blame to the Texans, then as the Baltimore Ravens sit there trying to make peace and make nice with Lamar Jackson, who should they be mad at right now? I would say Jimmy Haslam is the main target, the owner of the Browns, for giving Deshaun that contract. But let's face it, if Deshaun Watson had not gotten sideways with the Texans, a lot of which eventually was Deshaun Watson's own doing, but some of it wasn't, um, we would not be in a world where Deshaun Watson has a $230 million guaranteed contract, which... Lamar Jackson wants for himself. He wants a fully guaranteed Deshaun Watson deal, and that is the hang-up right now between Jackson and the Ravens. And the report is that every proposal from Lamar Jackson's camp, which is Lamar Jackson because he's representing himself yep. um, and his mom, and then probably the NFLPA advisors. Like Laramie Tunsil, when he worked his deal, like he worked with the NFLPA gives you advisors so you don't get you know screwed over. Which could like you're dealing, you're negotiating with people with a team of lawyers, obviously. Um, so I guess Lamar Jackson has asked for more than Deshaun, but in a negotiation, if you're expecting or want to get Deshaun's, then yeah, you better start off asking for more. So far, as of now, every other team that's done a deal since Deshaun Watson's contract has looked at the Deshaun Watson contract like as an outlier that. You shouldn't really try to match. And the players have gone along with that, except that it does keep creeping a little bit closer to that $230 million guaranteed. Now, everybody else was like 100, you know, anywhere between 80 and $130 million guaranteed. And then all of a sudden, Kyler Murray sneaks in with $170 million guaranteed. Something like that. Um, yeah. So it's, uh, this, this might be the one, as, because this is a guy, too, that's not a renegotiation. This is a genuine. I mean, I say genuine free agent. They, they'll franchise tag him if they don't come and do a deal, but um, he's closer to free agents. Yeah, the, the interesting thing with the franchise tag, and I'm going to try to do this without getting too nerdy on it, but there's two types. There's one that the team pays a bleep ton, 
so that nobody can negotiate with him. And then there's a lower-level franchise tag called non-exclusive where teams are allowed to still negotiate with Lamar Jackson like he's a free agent. Um, the tag price for the Ravens is significantly less, but if a team signs him to an offer sheet and the Ravens choose not to match, then Lamar Jackson can go to that other team. Now, the other team has to give up two first-round picks. But, I, Seth, I think there are a few teams out there, Atlanta maybe, the Jets – uh, the maybe the Raiders, who knows, that are really watching closely. The the Ravens have another week and change to put the franchise tag on Lamar Jackson. Yeah. I think there's a few teams out there that are hoping they do that lower level franchise tag, and it opens up the door to treat him like a free agent, and then they will gladly give up two first round picks to get Lamar Jackson. I think, um, yeah, yeah, I think the you mean Jets, they'll give up, yeah. That you, if he's on the non exclusive tag. And you sign him to an offer sheet, and the Ravens say, "Okay, well, we're not matching it. You got to give the Ravens two first-round picks." Right, right. Yeah, I think the Jets are. Uh, I think the Jets that. would do it in a second. Yeah. In a the second. problem is, in, yeah, and that's the difference between like between trading up a couple first-round picks to draft a rookie, where you, I guess, that's the one downside for. Of course, the, yeah, the Ravens don't have a choice in that matter, right? right? They just have to give up the picks, and they can take them. They well, they, um, the, the 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 Ravens can match the offer and keep Lamar Jackson. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, but it's also but like when you take Lamar Jackson. As a team, there's a much better chance that those first round picks aren't going to be worth nearly as much. As if you like, if you trade for a rookie, if you trade your picks for somebody that's going to take a rookie quarterback, you're like, okay, there's a good chance that at least in the they'll first be bad. Year, yeah, they'll be bad. Yeah. yeah. Um, I guess the uh, teams can be mad at the Browns all they want. The fact of the matter is, when you look at the top ten quarterback contracts right now by amount of guaranteed money yep. at signing. Practical guarantees, like money from the first couple years. Yep. Um, I'm just going to go down the list. Okay. And think about how many of these you feel rock solid about over the next, uh, over the next, let's say, three years from now. Okay, good. I like this exercise. Uh, Deshaun Watson. Uh, Kyler Murray. Okay. Russell Wilson. Okay. Aaron Rodgers has the fourth highest contract in yep. terms of practical guarantees. Yep. Josh Allen, okay. who, by the way, Stefan Diggs is uh, apparently upset. Um, Patrick Mahomes, Matt Stafford, Dak Prescott, Jared Goff, Carson Wentz. Oh, and you know what? Let's keep going. Matt Ryan, Ryan Tannehill. Jeez. The top 12. Okay, the top 12, the top dozen. Um, there are, I'll call it three and a half. Um, I feel good. I actually, I'll go in order, like in the order you just read them. I actually feel good about Deshaun Watson. I think Deshaun Watson is going to be a good football player again. I don't like yeah. him, and I hope he fails miserably, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think Deshaun will get back to being a good I, quarterback. Yeah, I think he actually, I think statistically he's going to be a disadvantage just playing in Cleveland, but it's that's different than not being a good quarterback. If they have a bad record, put it this way, if they're not – to the level that they're hoping they can be in Cleveland, I don't think Deshaun Watson will be the reason. Put it that way. Okay. Um, Josh Allen, I feel good about. Patrick Mahomes, I obviously feel good about. Those are the three, and then the half is Aaron Rodgers because I can't put yep. him in the same bucket with those three guys because his window, he might, you said next three years, he might be gone after one or two. Yeah, Josh Allen is the one that I'm most curious about because, A, he takes a lot of punishment because mm -hmm. they need him to take a lot of punishment because they don't have much of a team built around him offensively. And B, he's his big money starts kicking in this year. Yeah. And the Bills have a lot of free agents. And then it becomes the old conundrum of, all right, well, boy, you, if you pay that quarterback that money, he really better be worth it because it's hard to field the team around those guys. Yep. Um, so it's like – so 
I, like they can be mad at the Browns if they want to, but it's a league-wide problem is that you're paying these quarterbacks and you're not getting the the kind of performance out of them that you're paying for. I was listening to uh, the drive yesterday with uh, Clint and with Show, and they were talking about they were talking about Buffalo. Well, what they were talking about was the Titans and the either tear down or reshuffling they're doing. They they cut a lot of guys this week to get under the cap, including Taylor Lewan, their left tackle, and Zach Cunningham. Um, but they were talking about man, if the Titans are in a, an actual teardown mode. Because we don't know. I mean, they, they may be. This may be the beginning of them going into a rebuild. If they get rid of Tannehill and decide to start Malik Willis, it is full on rebuild in Tennessee, no doubt about that. But they were talking about the possibility of Derrick Henry getting traded, and I don't know if there's rumors to that effect or if all these these moves that the Titans have made in the last two days have started to spur some of that. But they were talking. Show was getting terrified because obviously Buffalo is a threat to his beloved Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, um, yeah. He was yeah, nervous yeah. as hell that the Bills would make a deal to get Derrick Henry, you know, for probably for like 60 cents on the dollar when it comes to what you'd have to give up because it's a running back who's aging, you know? Well, I think, you know, when they when they gave Derrick Henry his contract, which I know wasn't it wasn't as exorbitant as it, you know, felt like they they did a pretty good job of giving him a good chunk of money and it wasn't like a, you know, a team crippling contract no. or anything. But it was the the Titans kind of identified that they were in this window where they were going to try to do it the old school way by relying on a hoss of a running back that helped you set up a play action. And you had a hoss of a deep ball threat in A.J. Brown and that maybe you just might make it work. And then that window passed. So, yeah, you have to move on from that at some point. And it seems like that's what they're in the midst of doing right now. I wonder if, you know, ultimately – it never felt like Vrabel was against that strategy or anything, and yet John Robinson is the only one who's paid the price for it, the GM of uh, the yeah. Titans. Because yeah. when you gave Derek, when you basically said, yep, this is the kind of football team we're going to be, you statistically, in terms of probability, were almost signing your fate for the next couple of years. We'll either do it or we're going to get to a point where we can't rely on Derrick Henry to, to be healthy for 17 games. Yeah, they added an extra game along the way, by the way. that was They gave Derrick Henry the contract beforehand, <laughs> That's which right. makes it that much harder. That's right. So, That's a good point. Yeah, yeah. If, I were, if I were the Titans, if I could get a good pick for Derrick Henry right now, I'd do it. Dude, these, it's, you know, it's not the three or four. You know what I would do? What's that? I would uh, actually just put Derrick Henry on ice until the trade deadline. I'd, just, I'd, I'd tell everybody, like, hey. He's fine. We just uh, we want to pick for him. Yeah, Come on. There yeah. You go. We're up I mean, for business. It, it, on it, like if it weren't so frowned upon from a competitive standpoint, it's the practical thing to do. Actually, yeah, I'm saying that casually. Sure. but Obviously, it's a lot harder to do that. The yeah. thing about this list that you just read off the top twelve guaranteed money guys at quarterback in the NFL, um, and I, I, I said there's three or four I feel okay about. It's the ones that you don't feel okay about, where you realize, holy crap, these contracts are going to kill these teams, like. Kyler Murray's contract might be killing the Arizona Cardinals as we speak. They're at the bottom of the power rankings in the eyes of a lot of people. Russell Wilson's contract is killing the Denver Broncos right now. It, it forced them to go make a trade for Sean Payton and pay him $20 million a year. Um, Matthew Stafford, they won a Super Bowl, so they probably look at that a little differently, but he's on his last legs. Dak Prescott in, in Dallas. like they, they have to make a decision on Dak Prescott here in the next year or so, and he... He is a big reason why they have failed in the playoffs. Jared Goff, Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan, those and Tannehill, those guys are all disposable. But I would say those teams, maybe not Goff because Detroit's doing okay, but Wentz and Ryan and Tannehill, 
are closer to getting guys fired or have gotten guys fired. Wentz got Frank Reich fired, you know, in in uh, in Indianapolis. So it's to me, man, like the the misses on these are scarier than the hits are impressive. You know what I mean? Like it's the, yeah. the misses are just killers. Right, right. That's where and it's and it's one of those things where yeah, you can move on from it after a couple of years, but is it um, you know, is it as simple as that? I do that. It is interesting that all of a sudden now in this last year's off season, I think it's going to continue this year. Teams are realizing, oh, wow, if I stick a couple of stud receivers with a young quarterback on his rookie contract, that that's almost a lot more predictable. It's more predictable that you can make an average quarterback impressive yeah. than it is that you're a quarterback. You can find a quarterback who makes your receivers look impressive. That's the market we got to start looking at is a receiver for the Texans receivers next year. I also find it interesting that back in the day it was like, wow, that Danny Werfel sure can sling it yeah. while ignoring like the four incredible receivers he had. <laughs> Where now all of a sudden, for whatever reason, it's like, you know, I think these receivers might be important too. They, yeah. They got, some a, <laughs> they got some athletic ability. Hmm. Yeah. I didn't yeah. even notice that. I was too busy gawking at Werfel. Uh, all right. Um, Aaron Rodgers, talented for sure, but kind of a fraud when it comes to his dark retreat. And we've got the audio to prove it. That is next. I'm Brett Boone from the Brett Boone Podcast. Every week we look at the state of Major League Baseball, which teams are exceeding expectations, which ones are struggling to meet them. Follow and listen to the Brett Boone Podcast on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. Payne and Pendergast, Aaron Rodgers is back from his dark retreat. This is easily the most heavily covered dark retreat in media history. Um, Aaron Rodgers. Yo, that's a good. Yeah, nobody knew what a nobody knew what a dark retreat was until a couple weeks ago. It's been great advertisement for the genre for sure. Um, you uh, you pointed this out earlier, Seth, and we're going to play some audio here that will back this up. I'm going to let you set this up because we because we 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 uh, you and I went and looked up dark retreats last week and saw some that were appeared to be very rustic and you know very rough in Guatemala. You know, it's. Uh, very, very much in nature, dark all the time, very minimalist. You know, there's a there's a bed and a mat on the floor, and that's it. And you're in the dark for four, seven, ten days, however much you choose. And then, yeah. then there's the kind Aaron Rodgers went on, which is uh, considerably less roughing it, uh, it would seem, uh, his dark yeah. retreat. Um, yeah. so, so we've got this bit of audio here. Who is the guy in the first one? Um this this is some audio from a guy who went on a a retreat in Mexico. His name's Leon Hendricks. And he went, yeah, he's, he explains it in the video. Okay, here is a video just to to, to set the visual. Uh, this particular person, Leon, uh, is in literally the video is done in the dark. The only reason you can see him is because the camera is an infrared camera, um, and he sets the scene for his dark retreat that he went on. I flew down to Mexico to spend seven days straight in complete darkness and isolation in a room that was built to let absolutely no light in. All I had was a basic room with a bed, a meditation chair, and a bathroom. No entertainment, just me and my thoughts. Food would be delivered twice a day into this box with a two-door mechanism, so even then, no light would come in. It's so weird, I can't see anything. Okay, 
I mean, it was yeah, it was and it was uh, and it got worse. Like he he started breaking down, crying, and uh, just having all kinds of emotional upheaval. But then it ultimately found it very redeeming because he spent seven days in the darkness. Can we retreat. play that one first? Seven can days. We, can we play the one with him crying during the hallucinations, real quick? Well, this is his. Uh, yeah, this is actually his friend who did the same retreat. Yeah. at the same time in a different little hut in Mexico. The crying was so intense. Snot is running down my face, like tears, like I can't control it. I felt this inner light core in me and it just radiated. I felt like it was my soul. And then like the intense hallucinations came in. Yeah, and I'll be honest, Seth, as as Aaron Rodgers was discussing his dark retreat plans with Pat McAfee, and you and I were researching it, this is what I thought Aaron Rodgers was going to be doing. Like I thought, like, wow, this is pretty badass. He's going away for several days and at some point – hallucinations that may or may not scare, literally scare the snot out of that guy might be happening with Aaron Rodgers. And some of the crying too is like good crying. It's like cleansing crying, but they just have, people have these profound experiences when they can actually just suck it up and go for at least four days. But four is kind of on the light side. It's like days five, six, and seven is when the really heavy stuff starts. But uh, Aaron Rodgers uh, apparently couldn't even hack it for two days. According to Yahoo Sports, he showed up on Monday and left it on Wednesday. And this is what his retreat sounded like. These dark retreats are situated up on a hillside enfolded in a hundred plus thousand acres of protected wilderness. When does the snot start running down their face? There's also filtered spring water on tap. And they're spacious with room to roll around, stretch out. They have a hot bath, which is so amazing and loved by everyone. It sounds like they went to Maui or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. um, Now, uh, to be fair, the people that actually stick it out in that darkness retreat and actually go through the – at least make it to day three yeah. and all the way through, but definitely four, five, six, and seven. Uh, they would have those those transformational experiences too that might help you make a better decision uh, about where you want to play football the next year. But after after crowing about it to the whole world, Aaron Rodgers can't hack it for more than two days at a stupid darkness retreat. Well, the fanciest darkness retreat. Darkness retreat I've yet found on the internet, and, and I've seen and, a bunch of them. You have. You know, you've been Googling like it's nobody's business. Yeah, you you have. Like It's basically, the thing looks like a five-star hotel where you can happen to turn off the lights and then sit there in your thoughts for several days. If yeah, you're Aaron it's Rogers. like the Disney version of a... Uh, yeah, you can turn the lights back on if you need to. You it's do, not, there's a light look, switch. Yeah, but it's uh, like that whole part of it. I mean, it's not supposed to be like some macho test or anything. Um but it is Aaron Rodgers sure makes like, it sound that way when he was going fears on. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it's funny, though, too, because I, I watch a lot of these things, and the people in charge of them, I, of a lot of these darkness retreats, it's, honestly, it's impressive because the prices are pretty reasonable. Like, even that one in Oregon, mm-hmm. it's like $1,300 for a week. And, yeah, look, you're only getting two meals a day, and it is just – it's a beautiful little hut, but it is just a little hut. But that's the kind of thing that, you know – because you've got a shaman on hand and some massage therapists, you could easily bilk people out of like twenty grand oh, to yeah. go to that one. But like most of the people that run these things, like genuinely feel like they're trying to help people and everything, um, and uh, they don't necessarily talk the way like Aaron Rodgers does about about people who don't know 
bleep about bleep, and oh, that's the dumbest thing I ever heard. Yeah. So yeah, he needs to spend more than two days the next time he goes. Dude, I just I'm picturing Aaron Rodgers sitting in honestly not a dark like I think he's got it like somewhat dimly lit. Like he's checking boxes. Like okay, if I stay in here, nobody's looking at me, right? It doesn't have to be totally dark in here, right? Okay, I'm looking down he had at my. Snuggled watch. his cell phone in and his colon, and yeah. like he's just scrolling down. Yeah. yeah, and he's looking. He's checking his watch, going, okay, how long do I need to stay here to where I can still sound intellectually superior to everybody that I talk to for the next several months about this experience that I went on? He's okay. probably he's probably reading. He was probably listening or watching to the same YouTube videos we just did. Yeah. So and like and mimicking them, so we can talk about the bright shaft of light that came up through exactly. His, uh, yeah, from his abdomen out through his out through his mouth. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so you and I are heading to uh, to Florida this weekend. Um, I, this is a I, I guess a somewhat important poll that Tyler Milner put up. If we're going to be traveling in a group. Um, to Florida, if we're going to be housemates next week, I'm curious what your answer would have been. This came up on their show on the drive, I guess, because Ron, the show Hughley, it sounds like revealed a disgusting fact about himself that he swaps out his drying towel, the towel you used to dry off when you get out of the shower, every yeah. 10 to 14 days. Oh, he changes really? his towel that he uses to dry off every 10 to 14 days. Is what that I was. Seems pretty extreme. Very extreme. Yes. What is your... Is, a, is that a Kansas City thing? I, <laughs> I don't know. I'll have to ask our boss. <laughs> it, sounds like, it sounds like he's from Indianapolis. Right, or Tennessee. I mean, there it's like they, they like change out the old feed bag they use to dry off every yeah. six months, but it's because they only shower every six months. Yeah, no, the so. other folks I know from Kansas City don't seem like swapping out 10 to 14-day towel types. I'll be honest, neither does show. I would have never guessed it. Show... Uh, you know, he gets that scarf going at the holiday well, time. He seems very clean, and yet he's drying off with a towel that's probably crawling in bacteria and mold from sitting there all hung up or rumpled up well, for two weeks. Is it, though? I mean, if you're if you're showering and cleaning properly, you're just rubbing water off of a clean body. But doesn't when you leave a damp towel sitting there, doesn't it? Uh, well, you don't have to crumple it up in the corner. You can hang it up. Still. It out. Still. Yeah. If it's wet enough um, times over a two-week period? It feels extreme for two weeks. Yeah. I do mind like one because I dry out my I dry out my uh, shower every time, so I like basically I'm on a one to one basis. I'm, what do you I'm, mean you dry I'm out your shower every time? I wipe off the interior and everything. Oh no, just kidding! To help it dry out to keep mildew down. Yeah. Oh, every time. Okay, so how yeah. often do you swap out your towels? Every single time. Every time. Okay, yeah. It's not like I wipe down the entire interior of my shower and then and then use it on I my I didn't know body you used a towel time. to wipe it down. Well, you know what? Here's why. Amy and I used to have in our old house, we had a glass shower like that. We actually had a squeegee in the shower. Yeah. And so I would squeegee it off. I never used the towel. That's why I asked. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so I'd swap it out every time. It's probably not the most environmentally sound thing to do, but. Okay, well, <laughs> come at There's me, plenty bro. plenty of water. The whole damn golf is out there, everybody. Yeah, come at Duh. me, bro, because I washed out. I'm a... Tyler's choices on this poll were Tyler's four choices were every day, every three to four days, weekly, and every two plus weeks. And I'm a I'm a one to two day guy. Well, first of all, it feels good to have a nice dry, clean towel also on your body yeah. as opposed to one that's damp and wet. Most of the people in this poll said every three to four days. Every yeah. three to four days. Yeah, okay. I don't know, that's kind of disgusting. Of a germ freak. Yeah, yeah. My germaphobe. Yeah. I don't know, man. I've had enough. Like I, like I can't. I, I not. I can't deal. It's not. No, no. Dude, ever since I moved to Houston, 
It was just I had too many like skin conditions and everything that I got very like I got very maniacal about like switching out as soon as I've got any sweat at all, changing my underwear. Like if it's a hot, humid day and I'm like outside for any amount of time, there's a good chance I go through like four pairs of underwear. I just I'm constantly swapping things out. Yeah, me too. No, I'm the same. That's why show with like every two weeks to swap out a towel like Mrs. Show should go to bed at night in a hazmat suit. That's, Mm. That's just nasty, man. Two weeks to that's, swap yeah. out a towel? That's, um, what about jeans? Uh, jeans I give two wears to before I throw them. I, I'll, I'll wear them twice. It depends, though. If I go somewhere like tonight, I'm going to the cook-off and I'll wear jeans. Those yeah. are going in the hamper because I'll be sweating well, out there yeah, and stuff. Yeah, if you're standing around and it's uh, you're, you're outside for a good amount of time and everything. Yeah, but if I just the, wear them at work. Yeah, yeah, that's the biggest thing that's changed for me since like college. Yeah. When you might go an entire semester with the same without washing your jeans. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, it costs money to do laundry back in college. Those quarters mattered back in 1988. Five quarters Some it would people, cost to do a load of laundry. Is that a real? I don't even remember. It was, uh, people would, uh, and then people would steal your laundry sometimes. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever have your laundry stolen? No, you're going to, this is going to surprise you. Um, I, yeah. I, as I sit here and complain about the quarters it would take to do the laundry, I completely forgot. Once I moved off campus, that became an issue. But at, uh, at the school that I went to, the, par- the small parochial school I went to in northern Indiana, yeah, they had a laundry facility for us to drop our laundry off to get Notre it done. Notre Dame, you can drop your laundry off? Yes, yes. And they do your laundry they for drop, you? They drop, not just, yeah, yeah, no, not just drop it off. You put it in a bag and you put it in the yeah. basement of your dorm and they would come pick it up uh, every Monday. They would come pick And by oh Thursday, and, a- and Thursday, you would just go pick up your nicely folded packaged laundry at the laundry facility. <sighs> That's why we got so many problems in the world. Yeah, people like people like your your classmates that never learned how to fend for themselves. Do you want to hear? Expecting a, you want to yeah. hear the sequel to this story? First of all, it was only at that time it was only guys who could get their laundry done, not Jeez. women. <laughs> this is 1987. My junior it's year, 1987. You talk like it's 1932 or something. I know, That's, I know. Women's lib had been a thing for no, a while. No, I'm not sticking yeah. up for it. I'm saying this is 87. Like, no, women are allowed to do a lot of things. They yeah, couldn't yeah, get their yeah. laundry done at Notre Dame. Yeah, no. no. That was like three years I'm after not, working. I'm girl. not justifying it know. by saying it's 1987. <laughs> um, but here's what happened. My junior, no, my sophomore year, the laundry facility burnt to the ground. Oh yeah, and everybody's clothes burnt with it, and all of a sudden Feminists. there was you had a you had a campus full of dudes. Maybe yeah. I didn't even think about that. Um, <laughs> you, you had a campus full of dudes that didn't know how to do their own laundry. So I went to for our dorm. I actually went to a laundry facility in downtown South Bend that charged by the pound for la- yeah, to do yeah. laundry. Yeah. And I said, "Look, I've got three hundred bundles of laundry. You can come pick up every Monday here." I'll yeah. organize it. I'll get them all together, but you can come pick them up. And what do you charge me per pound? And they said, it's usually 50 cents. I said, well, how about it's going to be a big bulk here. How about you do it for, I don't know, 30 or 35 cents a pound? And then I marked it up to 50 cents a pound and I started my own laundry business that's for a semester. Nice. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's what a lot of dry cleaners do, Bingo. right? You're a drop, you're a drop off location. Then you take it somewhere else. Dude, that's smart. There's not even a swindle there or anything. Nope. That's just good entrepreneurship. Just good. Yeah, good for you. Thank you. Yeah. I, you know what, my equivalent story of that was not a good entrepreneurship. The couple, I, I think I told you this. A couple of seniors when I was a sophomore that like guys, they liked me and they're like, "Hey, listen, we got this business making thing, this business, this money making thing that we've been doing for a couple of years now. We're gonna clue you in on it. This is like with like a month left of school." So I was like, "Oh, cool." 
so it turns out what it was was very early in the morning on Saturdays and Sundays, they would drive the one kid's pickup truck around to wherever there had been a frat party the night before and steal the kegs <laughs> and then take them. Take him for refund. Take him for the deposit. Totally illegal. Yeah, my my business was legal. I just want people to know until it became a front for running numbers. But for a while, it was legal. Yeah. Like what the? I was like, you guys are just business. You're stealing, and you're doing it in an incredibly traceable way. Like what the hell are you doing? Got a business opportunity. I didn't didn't take him up on it. That's funny. That is funny. All right, we're way over. But I had to share that entrepreneurial story with the audience and Seth's entrepreneurial story. Entrepreneurial. We'll find out what we. We got going on on In the Loop, final segment coming up. And then it's off to West Palm Beach. Thanks to Shoppus John Deere sending us to spring training. Stay there. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. A lot of people weighing in on this. Uh, this this one's uncalled for here on the trailer wheel and frame text page. Uh, 9841. We were uh, reading Tyler Milner's poll that he put up a couple days ago about how often people swap out their towels that they use to dry off. And I guess show swaps his out. Over a very extended period of time of 10 to 14 days, he swaps uh. out. Yeah, it's nasty. John Lopez is in studio. Uh. Um, I, I, don't think, I don't think this is true, 9841. I'm pretty sure it's not. Uh, says show only takes a shower once every two weeks, so he actually changes it out every time, just like Seth. I feel better now. I don't think that's true. I think show showers on a regular When he's saying just like Seth, he means like that I change my towel out every, every day. Not yeah. that I not that shower, I shower every two weeks. Every two no, I should have clarified. Yeah. Show doesn't stink at all. No. So it's not like uh yeah, he doesn't that's the thing. I mean if if show if show had a body odor issue or something like that and uh and then he told that story, then that might be intervention time. Right. But he's uh yeah, that's why it's such a surprise. It he is. does not strike you as somebody that's it's a, a pigsty. I like yeah. that. Uh, 7808 <laughs> points out bacteria starts growing in wet towels within hours. Yeah. Yes, yes. Not, but he might have it like all laid out and the fan blowing on it and everything. I don't yeah, know. maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I doubt it, but there's a chance. <laughs> That's worse than washing it. <laughs> I bet. I bet. I bet it was more often than that. And it, I don't know if in his household his wife does the laundry maybe and and she's probably like you son of a bitch you don't even appreciate. Like yeah, it's like it's like every other day but show is clueless Dude. about it and she's uh yeah. That's true. <laughs> if Amy were listening right now she'd be like why are you bringing this up at all? Like the only reason you swap yours out is cuz I do the laundry all the yeah, time. Yeah. So that's a really 10 good point. 10 to 15 days? 10 to yeah, 10 to 14 is what I think I heard them saying on the show yesterday. Yeah. I hope I got I started, that right because I've really slandered show right now. Well, yeah. I hope you did too. Well, actually, I hope you didn't. <laughs> okay. that, that's disgusting. Yeah, yeah. By the way, that's one thing that I've started doing. Like I usually, I've always tried to help out a good amount. You know, be a good modern dude and everything. But I did. Uh, I started just pretty much doing as as often as I can. I do my own laundry. And it does make everything run a lot smoother. I feel like I'm very. She appreciates me for it, and it doesn't feel like I'm doing much extra. Yeah, it's, I'm kind of like I'm usually just throwing everything in after I'm done working out, um, and I feel better about it anyway. Yeah. So then, so I just start to try to wear as much dry fit as possible all the time. That's smart. So I can just throw everything in on cold, and then there you go. That's a good lesson, right? Then you've been married happily for a long time. That's a good lesson because I. I was uh, my response to that was going to be, well, yeah, Amy knows the deal. Of course, I'm on marriage number two, you know. So that's, that's I like pretty, doing the laundry. Kids, listen to Seth. Don't listen yeah. to me. I like yeah. doing the laundry. I do the laundry at our. You house. like doing the laundry? I love folding. Okay. Like I like the nice, crisp, I hate it. Yeah, nice crisp edges. Yeah, you know, getting you know, the shirt just right, no right. wrinkles. Mm. Oh, yeah. that's yeah, that's impressive. Do you I'm iron? sure it's OCD ish, but uh, do you iron? I don't. I do not iron. If I have dress shirts, I'll take them. Take them to the cleaners. But I, as far as laundry, I love. I, 
Like she doesn't do. I mean, she does, but yeah. I do most of the laundry. Wow. I used to when I was a kid. I used to iron my shirts all the time, and then yeah, like now for the most part, anything that needs ironing is is like is something I would just you know it, a dry cleaning type. Yeah, thing. yeah. And uh, but now like uh, when I've been traveling some, I've ended up having to iron some of my shirts, and I I miss it. I like it is. It's kind of uh, relaxing. It it's is. Just, you got you got to get very detailed in everything, and it's almost like a puzzle because you don't do it all the time. So you're trying to yeah, I like it. Uh, text message trailer wheel and frame text page. Come on, Sean, all those rich Catholic boys and you charge them a little extra? Yeah, exactly. There are a bunch of rich Catholic kids there, and so, yeah, I charge them extra for the, to, to be the go-between for their laundry by the pound, yes. I thought that guy was saying like he thinks you might have charged him even more than what you claim. Oh, oh, he says, and you charge them a little extra. Oh, he's saying I should charge them a little extra? Whatever. Anyways, yeah. Uh, either way. Uh, it was a good money. That's just what you're, that, that's just what you do. You're a middleman. I was. That's what you do. You're yeah. a middleman. That's what you're paying for the, the, you're arranging it all, and then there you go. Dude, I was getting up at 6.30 in the morning on a Monday to go down into the basement with the pickup people to weigh every bag of laundry with oh them. Oh, my god. There was labor. Uh, you missed the beginning of the story, John, when I started my own laundry business in college because the laundry facility that did the laundry for all the male students at yeah. Notre Dame, not yeah. the female, yeah. burned to the ground. That's so a I nice an, little I saw hustle an opportunity. There. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You so know, my I first jobs was at a dry cleaners. Oh yeah, yeah. All I did was scoop the clothes up, put it in a bag, and throw it in the back. Well, somebody's got to do piece that. piece of cake. The world needs that too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. the world needs laundry scoopers too. <laughs> yes, yes. I had a friend in college that did started his own like moving company. Just it, like he realized, like, oh, okay, I can rent. I think he had to team up with somebody who was older just to rent the trucks. Yeah. Um, but, like, basically that was like he paid a guy like a pittance to rent the truck for him. Yeah. And, it, and he made out big time. I bet. You know? I bet. Yeah. yeah. Especially at college campus, people were moving all the time. I, yeah. That was a uh, – my laundry business was a better entrepreneurial idea than my other – business that I had, which was the business of selling my books halfway through the semester to get beer <laughs> yeah. money. Yeah. I would say the, I when that. I was interviewing for jobs right out of college, they were super impressed by my laundry business story. Mm -hmm. Helped me get my first job. They were less impressed with me selling my books halfway through the semester. I did that. I think a lot of kids did that. Yeah, the hardback ones yeah. really brought home a lot yeah, of money. 200 bucks. Well, yeah, it's a nice little racket some of those professors have. Like, oh, take my class. And uh, by the way, the textbook is a book I wrote. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. Well, if I read it, I would know. Uh, <laughs> uh, what's going on on the show today, big man? I was going to say that it, uh, I'm irrationally upset about something. But I don't think it's irrational at all. I think it's very rational uh, anger I have about a certain quarterback in this draft. <laughs> Can't wait to hear this. <laughs> I do. I get it's totally irrational. <laughs> <laughs> Brandon Scott joins us. He's got fire as always. And Landry told me, I haven't, I, this one I don't know. Landry told me uh, probably the most uh, egregious, uh, he didn't say egregious, the most egregious headline porn he's seen okay. of late. Okay, all right. Yeah. Well, I look forward to that. Yeah. Um, John, great seeing you. So do I. Have a good show. <laughs> <laughs> Seth, antibodies to you. I will see you, uh, I'll see you uh, on Sunday. Yeah, West Palm antibodies, Beach, baby. Antibodies to you and credit to the listener on the text line who suggested, hey, Maybe the person who benefited most from the laundromat burning down should be looked into a little bit. Ah. It seems to be Sean T. Pendergast. Oh, no. So, yeah, seemed to work out pretty well for you that the laundromat burned <laughs> down, didn't it? Dude, if I was somehow tied to the insurance policy, you could come at me with that. I was just making 20 extra cents a pound, bro, and putting in the work. All right, uh, everybody have a great weekend. We will talk to you on Monday from West Palm Beach. Thank you, Shoppers John Deere, for sending us there. Have a great weekend, everybody. They'll get the dong. Antibodies to you.